Today we're looking at uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 11, The Perfect Society for Social Classes. That's text 32. It's a very short purport. Do we, Svavas, do we just stick to that or can we, we can just, whatever, whatever we like. Okay. 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 So text 32. Swabhava Kritaya Vartamana Swa Karma Krit Hitva Swa Bhava Jang Karma Shanayar Nirgunatam Iyat Vritya Swabhava Kritaya Vartamana Swakarama Krit Hitva Swabhava Jankarma Shinair Gunamatam Iyat Vritya Swabhava Kritaya Vartaman Swakarma Krit Swakarma Vritya Swabhava Kritaya Vartaman Swakarma Krit it was Sabhava Jankarma Shinayara Nirgunatam Iyat Vritya Sabhava Kritaya Vartamana Svakarma Krit It was Sabhava Jankarma Shinayara Gunamatam Iyat Vritya Svabhava Kritaya Vritya Svabhava Kritaya Svakarma Krit Hitva Svabhava Jankarma Shanayar Gunamatham Iyat Vritya Svabhava Kritaya 
by the profession Swabhava Kritaya performed according to one's modes of material nature Vartamanaha existing Swakarmakrit executing his own work Hitva giving up Swabhavajam, born from one's own modes of nature. Karma, activities, shanahai, gradually, nirgunatam, transcendental position, iyat, may attain, translation, if one acts in his profession according to his position in the modes of nature and gradually gives up these activities, he attains the nishkama stage. Please repeat. If one acts in his profession according to his position in the modes of nature and gradually gives up these activities, he attains the nishkama stage. And purport by Srila Prabhupada. If one gradually gives up his hereditary customs and duties and tries to serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his natural position, he is gradually able to become free from these activities and he attains the stage of nishkama, freedom from material desires. In texts 33 and 34. My dear king, if an agricultural field is cultivated again and again, the power of its production decreases, and whatever seeds are sown there are lost, just as drops of ghee on a fire never extinguish the fire, but a flood of ghee will. Similarly, overindulgence in lusty desires mitigates such desires Entirely. Should we repeat it? Why not? My dear king, if an agricultural field is cultivated again and again, the power of, sorry, the power of its production decreases. And whatever seeds are sown, there are lost. Just as drops of ghee on a fire never extinguish the fire, but a flood of ghee will. <clears throat> Similarly, overindulgence and lusty desires mitigate such desires entirely. 
purport by Srila Prabhupada. If one continuously sprinkles drops of ghee on a fire, the fire will not be extinguished. But if one suddenly puts a lump of ghee on a fire, the fire may possibly be extinguished entirely. Similarly, those who are too sinful and have thus been born in the lower classes are allowed to enjoy sinful activities fully. For thus, there is a chance that these activities will become detestful to them and they will get the opportunity to be purified. Okay, one more shloka. Okay, finish the chapter. If one shows the symptoms of being a Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaisha, or Shudra, as described above, even if he has appeared in a different class, he should be accepted according to those symptoms of classification. So please repeat. If one shows the symptoms of being a Brahman, a Kshatriya, Vaisha, or Shudra, as described above, <clears throat> even if he has appeared in a different class, he should be accepted according to those symptoms of classification. And purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Herein, it is clearly stated by Narada Muni that one should not be accepted as a a, a, or a shudra, according to birth. For although this is going on now, it is not accepted by the shastra. Some people are cheating. As stated in Bhagavad Gita 4.13, Chattur varanyam maya shrishtan unakarma vibhagshaha. Thus the four divisions of society, Brahman, Chattriya, Vaishya, and Shudra, are to be ascertained according to qualities and activities. If one was born in a Brahmin family and has acquired the Brahminical qualifications, he is to be accepted as a Brahmin. Otherwise, he should be considered a Brahmabandhu. Similarly, if a Shudra acquires the qualities of a Brahmin, although he was born in a Shudra family, he is not a Shudra because he has developed the qualities of a Brahman, and he should be accepted as a Brahman. The Krishna, the Krishna consciousness movement, is meant to develop these Brahminical qualities, regardless of the community in which one was born. If one develops the qualities of a Brahman, he should be accepted as a Brahman, and then may be offered the order of sannyas. Unless one is qualified in terms of the Brahminical symptoms, one cannot take sannyas. In designating a person a a a a birth is not the essential symptom. This understanding is very important. Herein Nardamuni distinctly says 
that one may be accepted according to the cast of his birth, if he has the corresponding qualifications, but otherwise he should not. One who has attained the qualifications of a Brahmin, regardless of where he was born, should be accepted as a Brahmin. Similarly, if one has developed the qualities of a Shudra or a Chandala, regardless of where he was born, he should be accepted in terms of those symptoms. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the seventh canto, eleventh chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled The Perfect Society for Social Classes. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Gija. So we hear we have something very interesting that is said here, I guess throughout the entire chapter, uh, Perfect Society for Social Orders. People are put into boxes for practical reasons. You know, we don't like to be, think that we're in a box, but we are by our nature, by our guna, and by our karma. Our guna means our nature. Uh, karma means our activities, you know, what we do. And uh, this system of boxes, if you will, was established by Krishna himself. So if we had to argue the point, well, there's no such thing as, you know, casting people or putting them into kind of categories then you'll have to have a good argument with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You know? <clears throat> so it's, it's a fact. Everybody has a different nature. We're born with it. And um, each and everyone is quite unique uh, in, in their own way. Sometimes there's a little bit of overlapping. You know, like I know some devotees, they're, they're a little bit of this and a little bit of that. and They're incredible kitri like an interesting mix, you know. I, uh, there's one, a god brother in, in Canada, you know, he's a Brahmin, he does pujari work, he's a handyman, you know, uh, he cooks really well, you know, uh, he's got some sense of management, you know, he's kind of like everything all together, you know, like, but he's not God, though. He's not Bhagavan, okay? <laughs> uh, I think it's... Uh, something to be praised when someone has a, a gift or uh, someone is blessed in this world by karma uh, with a particular skill on an intellectual level or in talent, you know. We should honor these things and recognize them. And in the past, like we've seen, some devotees turn out to be a little bit unhappy sometimes. And it largely has to do with the fact that maybe they're not engaged according to their guna and their karma. They may not be able to figure it out. Uh, others may not have been able to figure out, or maybe they didn't go, you know, let's say approach someone who might have a good handle on these things and maybe understands the psychophysical nature of a person. Usually a guru person in your life, suppose, you know, a sadhu, a very detached person that can help you with these matters. I mean, I hear it all the time. He says, I'm not quite sure what I should do with myself. And this is a very common trait in Western society. You know, somebody will, you know, uh, get a degree in university. I'm not quite sure what I should do with myself, you know. And so they become the perpetual students, you know. <laughs> so indecisiveness, actually it's a strong feature of Kali Yuga. And looking at 
your psychophysical nature can help you in life to establish what is your profession or your career and how can you can use that in Krishna's service. Uh, the Bhagavad Gita's message in all respects is always helpful. Just like say for instance when you look at the gunas like uh, these uh, four social orders of life, that's four. What about three? The number three comes, pops up in the Bhagavad Gita all over the place. The three modes of material nature. And, um, you know, before you decide to do something, before you're, you're about to execute, or even look at the day, um, or before you're about to say something, um, or address something, uh, think about what I'm doing. Is it going to be in the category of goodness, passion, or ignorance? You know? I think we were talking about that a little bit yesterday, trying to process things a little bit before you open your mouth. You know? um, <clears throat> a Brahmin will naturally use the mouth quite a bit and use logic and try to use common sense. A Chatriya will be motivated more by passion. says, what do you mean I... You know, and t take up challenges and then um, and use the physical force after some due process. You know. The Vaisha will try to uh, win in a situation where there's some kind of disagreement or control by the power of wealth, right? And then the Shudra will use other means, uh, sh uh, shovels, uh, Ladders. Have you ever seen the wrestling matches on TV? You know? <laughs> All kinds of devices are used to try to uh, conquer over the opponent. <clears throat> um, I, I've gone through this little exercise with uh, students on the secondary school level. And when we talk about the three modes of material nature, as described, outlined in Bhagavad Gita, they get it real fast. I give some explanation of what is goodness, what is passion, what is ignorance. And then we go over, you know, uh, the kind of food categories. And they're all very, we take them through that, okay? We take like, you know, Mexican chili food. What's that? Is that goodness, passion, or ignorance? And they got the answer down, you know? Or we even talk about weather conditions, you know? It's extremely hot, you know? Extremely up to the point where you just, you know, melt into the ground, you know. And what's that? And they'll tell you right there, ignorance, you know. And, um, and then when it comes to, like, music, this is always a touchy issue. So what about, like, sort of like, you know, uh, modern, you know, hip-hop stuff and, you know, some of the lyrics. That I was, oh, ignorance. They'll tell you right off the bat because it can be quite destructive. It doesn't have to be, but sorry for those who are musicians, you know. can dovetail everything. So, you know, what, what uh, Krishna really outlines in terms of these uh, categories of modes of nature, it's, quite, it's a com quite commonsensical, you know. Goodness meaning thoughtfulness, a passion being restlessness, uh, ignorance being lethargic, you know. And uh, everybody understands this. You know, what about dress code? That's another one that gets, you know. It's, it's fun to go through these categories and you help them to understand the philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita as expressed by Lord Sri Krishna himself. So now we have all come under the, under the umbrella of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And we've been told it's a nice big umbrella. It's a beautiful shade, a nice shadow. The sun is hot. Maya is very fiery. And wow, finally I've now got a nice umbrella to go under.
and it includes all. But when you see every all, all is one, that's I mean, Dr. Bronner says that too, and you buy that soap, you know. And sometimes devotees can say, because everything is all one, as as, Vaish, as a Vaishnav culture. But then you start to realize, well, everybody is quite different. I remember when I first joined the movement, I, I asked a friend of mine, I said, so what do you think about these Hare Krishnas? I said, well, they all look the same. I says, well, that's probably because, you know, you're a Caucasian person, and to you, everybody's Chinese looks the same. But actually, if you spend a little time with each individual, they look actually quite different, you know. And um, so uh, my first days spent with the devotees, I could say, well, yeah, yeah there's lots of uh, different modes here. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> lots of species of life within the Krishna consciousness movement. But everybody has their strengths and everybody has their weaknesses. And what's nice about this um, is that we, uh, we complement each other. That's what, and so many discussions have been um, put out there and explorations done on what is the male and what is the female and the yin and the yang and the Venus and the Mars and how, you know, they are different planets. And it's very, the dichotomy, the strange thing about it all is they're very different from each other, but somehow or other they are attracted to each other. And after they get attracted to each other, they get repelled from each other. <laughs> and, uh, and it's only through the virtues of patience and tolerance you learn how to live with the other planet, you know, how to get along. You know. And so Krishna has made this world very diverse, but to be neat about it, He's put in four classifications of human beings. And Srila Prabhupada really was quite hot on the trail of trying to establish Varnan Ashram in our society. And I know that there's some topics that the devotees really don't want to touch. It's like a hot potato situation. Guru Tattva and the Varnashram. And one of the reasons is because uh, these topics are complicated, complex, sophisticated, and it's sometimes hard to arrive at a conclusion, sometimes hard to put into application, right? sometimes to put some form to it. Am I right about that? Two topics, okay? Uh, are there any other topics out there that are hot potatoes? Okay, uh, those are two big ones, okay? And um, I guess one of the frightful things about the four social orders is that let's say if you find out through your own analysis or just through the help of others that you're not a Brahman, oh my, uh, I'm not a Chatriya, oh God, if I'm not a Vaishya, oh no. <laughs> okay. What's beautiful about Krishna consciousness is that no one should be seen as higher or lower. I really believe that the Vaishnav, um, let's say, angle of that particular approach makes us all equal. We're all servants of the Lord. However, uh, some people take a more humble position. They're very happy to be there. And uh, even it really helps sometimes for the Brahman to take a humble position and clean the toilet bowl sometimes. Know, do the cleaning. After all, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, all, came along 
And he was the cleaning man in the Gundicha temple. You know, he took a humble position. And uh, that really helps to, let's see, purify the heart, take a humble position. So you can know what another person lives like or goes through. So I know like in, for instance, when it comes to, you know, trying to assemble a drama, put a play together, it really helps. And they use this kind of therapy in prisons in America. They have the prisoners you know, put dramas together so that the, the jailmates will start to understand what's the motive of another person. Oftentimes in the criminal world, you're very motivated and quite selfishly, you know, situated. You know, uh, selfishness is no place for us in Krishna consciousness, right? I mean, we after, after all, we do say no meat, fish, or eggs. So selfish is one of the fishes that we, we try to avoid. <laughs> so when you, when you take on the role of somebody else, you put yourself, your own state of mind to the side, you put, kind of like where you put the shoes. When you come into a room and you're trying to be somebody else, meaning like in the famous American novel, what was it called? The Kill, to Kill a Mockingbird. You know? Atticus, the lawyer, he was telling his tomboy daughter, Scout. He said, uh, sometimes we have to try to jump into someone else's body and crawl around inside to understand them. You know, So when you understand someone else's position, then uh, you become more sensitive to what they go through. You understand their motives, their drive, and so on like that. So in Krishna consciousness, everything is equal. It becomes equal, you know. Everything's all evened out through devotional service, through action, through activity, and taking humble position. Uh, for Arjuna, I mean, it was very clear. Krishna was saying, you're a Chatriya. You know, in chapter 2, you're a Chatriya. And then he went on to say something more than that. Uh, just, you, you're not, there's no need to lament. You know, because after all, uh, no one's dying. No one's really, there is no death. Um, Arjuna was a man of passion and Krishna was talking to a man of passion the philosophy is for everybody to, you know, everyone's a recipient and yet Krishna is saying to Arjuna you know you have to act according to your nature people need you now they need a commander in chief right now and for you to like Arjun was proposing, I, I think I'll just go to the forest. I think I'll take up sannyas right now. That idea. I'll, I'll be a beggar. I'll take a humble position. And Krishna took us for instance, no, you're not. We need you now. And Krishna really was, you know, he was orchestrating the whole story of the Mahabharata. And just like he, he had selected who's going to be the king, you know, he's playing chess. He always does play chess. And we wonder, do we have free will? Um, he's playing Yudhisthira. He is going to be the king. Arjun is going to be fighting on his behalf, and you know all, all these. Uh, the whole drama was created by, by the Lord, you know? and a lot of it had to do with uh, acting, putting people, putting in their niche into their the area where they're naturally suited. So happiness in Krishna consciousness from, usually comes from doing things that you like to do, and at the same time. 
we oftentimes find ourselves in a situation. We must do what needs to be done. Do the needful. Okay? And when you got a need, think about need, needing. You know, like the chapati dough, it's really nice when you knead it really well. And then it'll poof up like this. Do you remember the first time you saw a chapati go up and everything was mystical about Krishna consciousness? Everything Prabhupada said and did and the devotee. And, and then you went into the kitchen for the first time and you saw chapati go, wow, whoa, mystical. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right house. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you need, you know, <clears throat> you, know you, you massage your, your Krishna consciousness, it means that you do sometimes what's, uh, what's the need for what has to be done emergency situations, circumstances. If you just slot yourself into one groove, you know, and you can't, you put yourself in a box and you nail it shut, you know, that seems like a very precarious situation. So one has to be a little bit, let's say, versatile, ready to do many different things. Uh, Srila Prabhupada demonstrated this when he was with us. One of the real downfalls of the culture in India is, and, and the reason why, India is losing out to other communities outside of the Hindu community, Christianity and Islam and, and other uh, traditions. Is because, well, you know, and I've seen it. Maybe you've seen it too. Those of you, how many people have gone to India? How many people want to go to India? Okay, that's everybody then. Okay, <laughs> so. You'll go to some temples where the Brahmins are just irate, they're proud, they're arrogant, their nose is in the air, and they're just like yelling at everybody. And, you know, if you're not a Brahmin, then you are a, you know, they can treat you like a piece of dirt. That happens today. It's not, you know, in the old, olden days, you know, uh, when the caste system was up, you know, it's, it's height. It goes on now. It goes on today. And they're just like yelling at each other. So people get a little, you know, upset, especially if they're you know, coming from a humble position. They decide, well, maybe I should join another religion where I can be considered equal and God loves me just as much as he loves everybody else. So, you see, we don't want to fall into that trap, isn't it? We don't want to be there. <clears throat> and uh, so when Chilla Prabhupada came to Toronto, and I, I'm from Canada. I have to do a little plug-in for Canada, right? You know, because sometimes you propose forget that you know we're up there. You know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we got Canada Day on the calendar now. We got different Thanksgiving Day. Okay, so Brabant came to Canada, and a news reporter from the Toronto Star came. It's the biggest newspaper circulation-wise in the country. And Kathy Carr, she asked different questions, and she asked, so now the caste system. I said, what caste system? Where does it say that there's the caste system in our book, Bhagavad Gita? You know, so Prabhupada was challenging her. And he put her a little bit on the spot. Well, you know. You know. <laughs> and uh, he was basically making the points of how people are in the Bhagavad Gita, they're classified according to their particular qualities and uh, it doesn't have anything to do with a caste system which really is like when you wear a caste and you're restricted isn't it like have anybody ever had a cast on their leg on their arm you know just to just to go for a healing so uh in the in the tradition of india the varna and ashram system more appropriate terms it's not meant to to let's say 
keep you restricted. Rather, it identifies or acknowledges you have certain qualities, and those qualities simply need to be massaged and, you know, sort of amplified. And our leaders in Krishna consciousness uh, try to do their best or should do their best to uh, uh, recognize the qualities that everybody has and tries to engage them according to their propensities. And that's what's nice about Krishna consciousness. It's very inclusive. Srila Prabhupada states very clearly here in this purport that we are trying to establish the qualities of Brahman. This is the Krishna consciousness movement. And Srila Prabhupada was quite keen. You know, it didn't mean that he was, like, say, discarding anybody else who doesn't fit into that classification. He, he felt that that was the head that had to be screwed on to the social body. And everybody knows there's many stories in the Mahabharata about decapitation programs. And whenever there was a decapitation, it means the guy was finished. That was it. He's gone. So if the head is not on, then uh, you don't have a, a functioning situation. And so let's get the head on first. Then let's work on the shoulders and the arms. Then let's work on the torso, the rest of it. And then let's work on the legs. And you got a whole body. It's really nice. It's great. Stay away from sharks. They're pretty good at, you know, taking off one of those pieces. <laughs> I must confess, on the way up, I, I watched the movie Jaws for the first time. And <laughs> so anyways, um, uh, the, the uh, bottom line in Krishna consciousness is that we establish this philosophy that I'm the servant of the Lord. And, do, and I do what's necessary to get things moving. And... Uh, if you're if you're starting a little business, you know, you pretty much have to do a lot of things by yourself. You start from scratch. And then you realize, well, I need some help now. I'm making a little profit. I can pay somebody. And you bring somebody else on board, and you start to get a fledging, you know, organization or you know, a business firm. And then you realize, okay, you know, many more people need to be hired and people with different strengths, you know. And you'll find out that there's certain people that are really good for traveling. They're like uh, uh, troubleshooters, or they're like, you know, oh, gophers, you know. And there's some people that are just down home, you know, keep them in the box in the office. You know, as you'll, you'll find it's like that. And uh, then people will need to be hired to clean the place. And, and then some people will have to come in. The Agni department will have to come in and, and make sure that everything is safe for fire and all that. Like, everybody gets involved. And in this sense, Prabhupada said, Varnan Ashram is already there. It's already existing in society. Just need to recognize it. We simply need to uh, make sure that it is not just a bunch of boxes that we live in, and we can't open them up, and we can't hatch out of our eggs, our egg shells. Um, uh, we cannot be locked in because that's the problem with the caste system as everybody is really just you know, kind of like in a prison and you have by birthright, my father's a Brahmin, therefore I am a Brahmin. I remember meeting one Brahmin in South India and I went into a temple and uh, he said, so you are from, uh, I said, where are you from? He asked me. He said, I'm from Canada. Oh, you're from America. And of course, I'm not going to tell Oh, no, Canada's different from America. But I wasn't going to get into it with him. said, oh, maybe you can help my son. You can help my son. I would like my son to go to America, and he can be a lawyer instead of worshiping a stone. That's what he was saying. 
So, um, <clears throat> uh, everyone really needs to go where, where, where you're best suited, and then you can be happy, you know. Uh, what's the motto of our, uh, uh, when we get together, more devotees, happier devotees? You know, that's, uh, you know, amongst the leaders, and when we get together for our strategic planning, uh, more devotees and happier devotees. Well, people can become happy when they're engaged according to their propensities. But it's a given that regardless of whether you're a mechanic or whether you, you, you know, pitch manure onto the garden or, uh, or you do uh, rituals, everyone should have a good time with singing and dancing. That's the one thing that kind of pulls us all together. It's the kirtan that, uh, that gels us all together, isn't it? And, and it's, the, uh, it's the disbursement of Krishna consciousness of the philosophy, of the knowledge, giving it out to people, working like that together. Recently, I was in a community, and there's so many politics going on, so much gossip, and so on. You know, I just, uh, I, I didn't quite know what to do. So, and it's kind of dawned on me, you know, really, uh, the, the message has always been there. We just, you forgot the taste of what it's like to be outside and meet people and observe what's going on, how they're suffering so much, you know. And uh, once you see that suffering, you consider yourself very fortunate. And we tend to take things for granted. And then you come back and you see even the devotees that you had maybe a little disagreement with. Well, you're not such a bad dude after all. <laughs> you know, uh, got to get out of that comfort zone, you know. Uh, Prabhupada encouraged and instilled in us that kind of like warrior spirit somewhat to get out there, you know. Uh, there's nothing worse than you know, being stuck in a place and, and, uh, and not having some adventure in your life. And Krishna says, I'm adventure. So you want adventure? Get out there. Get out there. And you'll meet wonderful people. Um, you know, let's get back to neighbor, neighborliness, you know, instead of being in a box, you know, those automobiles and square buildings and square rooms and square chairs and desks and square suits and Square, you know, computers and everything's so square. You know? First, I like curves myself. <laughs> the river, rivers go like this. You know, uh, it'd be nice to follow the river. There's there's adventure. This grid system. You know, I don't. This is not really what is meant. You can say the four social and spiritual orders like a grid, but when you slap onto it, the uh, the Sankirtan movement, then it gives it real nice curves, you know, beautiful curves, you know, you like that. I know that, like, say, on some of the marathon walks that I've been going on, the place where people pull over the most to offer a ride, not knowing that I'm not taking any rides, is in the prairies. It's like our Midwest. And if you've ever been to Saskatchewan, it's like, you know, the flattest place you could imagine and it's quite scary. How am I going to go through this? But with, there's a general hospitality there that uh, because, like especially truckers, they pull over and said, Which, I'll give you a ride. I said, well, I'm not taking you a ride. 
I'm a, I'm a Hare Krishna monk, and I'm walking across Canada. These are kind of things that monks do. So, you know, and I re- to, to try to spread, you know, higher consciousness, higher awareness. So, so, so you're not coming. To, I was just looking for a companion, somebody to talk to, because the board, the road's real boring here, and it's just straight. <laughs> so there was one day when I was doing this, and. Um, and one, one trucker pulled over, you know, these big, massive semi-trailers. He pulls over, and I you know, gave the monk, you know, so you'd have to climb up. Sorry, but I'm not taking any rides. I'm a monk, and I'm walking across Canada, Hare Krishna monk. And, you know, it's doing to promote, da 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 you have the spiel. And then he says, oh, okay, all right. And then another guy pulls over. And then same I, and then another one. I had four guys in a row do this, you know, one right after the other after the other. Because if you're stranded out there in the prairies, you might be a dead dog, you know. Because <laughs> the next building is like miles away. You, know, you might be stranded. So what about curves? What about cur- What's so nice about Krishna? Come on, he stands with curves, right? That's in the end it's very balanced you know because part of the weight is here and then part of it is over here and the rest is over on on the other side so Krishna is very much a balanced person I know why Buddha he's kind of popular you know people worship Buddha because he's just totally symmetrical you know but we we should be promoting Vishnu, you know, take people a step higher and says Vishnu is quite symmetrical too. Now now that you used to now that you need a focus in life and you know, to, to get straight and about things and get straight with your own and try to stop some activities that are, you know, getting you into trouble. Now consider Krishna, you know, he's just like he's totally balanced and moves like this, you know. You know? So, you know, it's, and it's beautiful. It's musical. He's got a musical stance. And by the way, we have a God who, who's musical. He dances. He's theatrical. He's very, very intelligent. He's, he's a philosopher. Here's a book called Bhagavad Gita, blah, 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 on and on. And he's very much mingling. He mixes with the people. He came into this world and mingled with the farmer class of people, you know. He wasn't there with the, the, um, the royal family. He decided not to be born in the royal family. Rather, he, well, he was born Kshatriya, but then uh, he decided to transfer himself in amongst the simple, humble people, the people, people that look after the cows. So, and then after some time, you know, like many of us, anybody here from the countryside? Any country bumpkins here? Any one person? Are all city slickers? Oh, we're we're finished. Okay. So, <laughs> So then when you're young, you say, oh, you know, you, know, you go by the freeway. Where is it going? It's going to the big city. I've got to go there. Everything's happening there. And Krishna seemed to be doing that too. He was young, said, I've got to go to the big city. I've got to go to Mathura. I've got some business to do there. And then he decided, oh, I like the city. I'm going to build one myself. You know? <laughs> um, but, you know, we know where Krishna's heart is. It's in the simple place. You know, where the groves, where this nice greenery, and you know, where the animals are, you know, all about. And, uh, and that seems to be his choice, his favorite. You know? And Krishna also finds himself on the battlefield and finds himself to be quite content there. Um, so he gets around. Let's put it that way. He gets around. And when he had his uh, conversations with Rukmini, 
uh, Krishna made a proposal. And he said, you know, I really think we should go for divorce because, you know, I'm just, nobody can figure me out. I'm just all over the place. Uh, I'm not a Brahmin, Chatriya, Vaishya, Shudra. I'm a vagabond, you know. I was a Chatriya, I became a Vaishya, then I went to the city, blah, blah. Nobody can figure me out, so I really think we should call it quits. And Rukmini was quite devastated by this proposal. And of course, he was just doing a teasing thing. And when, when she got kind of got her wits about her, she said, well, you know, actually it's true. You don't really, really belong to any category. You don't fit into a box. In fact, you're transcendental. You know? So she was the one that had, uh, she had the opportunities to be very philosophical. And it was Krishna who was just kind of cunning and teasing a little bit and being playful and frivolous. And, and his wife came through to be the, the philosopher and uh, to echo what Krishna was saying before in the Bhagavad Gita. So if we ever get to the point where we will, uh, let's say, go for uh, uh, the natural classification, it should be a happy time as long as we remember that Krishna is at the center. It has to be a Krishna-centric culture. Otherwise, we have problems. Okay. And... Uh, um, you know, that's something we need to analyze a little bit. Sometimes we award people for a second, sometimes third initiations, and you know, maybe they weren't quite ready, or maybe not in the right place. So uh, I think it's really important for us to look at a person's psychophysical makeup and, and allow them to be where they should be in the service of the Lord. So I, I, I think what uh, usually you sort of wind it up. Okay. Okay. So are there any questions or comments? Oh. But. answer the question, right? Okay. Um, but that also oftentimes requires some help. You might not be able to figure it out yourself. You know? So you can get some direction, but you know, it's true. You can be all There's a problem with being all over the place, too. You know? And uh, then people get a little upset, and uh, even Krishna says that uh, uh, stick to your own duty and responsibility, and don't stick your nose into other people's areas, you know, even if you do quite a good job at it. So uh, in Kali Yuga, we have, you know, some room to overlap a little bit, but don't uh, don't stake your claims there, right? So you can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Isn't it better to be a master of one or two, or instead of being all over the place? Otherwise, we just, you know, if you just spread out so far and wide, you just end up being like, like applesauce or something like that. <laughs> so I, I get your point. So it's a matter of 
focusing. And he says, okay, i got to do <clears throat> Sometimes young people, they come and they ask, you know, I'm not quite sure. i got a job, but I'm not happy with it. Well, at least you got to do it for now. It'll get you, get you, give you a little bit of grounding and anchor you somewhere so that you can maybe move to the next step. But at least don't jump all over, all, all over the place like a monkey. You know, get fixed and get focused. Get busy and doing something. Establishing yourself. Is that okay? All right. Anybody else? Yes. Norwegian, okay. Mangi butter to be a pastor at yeah. Is that what you told her? Ay, ay, ay. My comment is that on the GBC level, it's 50-50 when it comes to that topic. And even though a book came out, you know, about, you know, promoting, you know, female gurus, still it stayed 50-50 pretty much. So people are attached to their opinions, their positions. And my comment is that I don't think we're going to get that very far in this generation to make major changes in that regards. But in the next generation, it might be a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, spiritually, everybody is equal. But when it comes to the physical situation, there's differences. A ginger be a beta tutwa. So, uh, yeah, thanks for throwing out that hot topic. But I, I'm, just for one, I'm, I'm anybody's qualified. You know, what's the problem? Be a guru. I don't have a problem with the issue with it at all. You know, we need people. We need more people to jump on the bandwagon to be gurus and give diksha and shiksha. There's a real need for that right now. 
just uh, right now, just my opinion is that we just have few people taking this role that's monopolized by a few, trying to take care of so many people, and it's impossible to do. So if you increase, increase the numbers by qualification, you know, there has to be some approval system, some blessing, and I don't have a problem, personally. It's my opinion. Did I answer the question? Okay. But we definitely want to make everybody feel welcome in Krishna consciousness. Everybody has a place. And, and based on guna and karma. Why don't we do according to the Gita? Gita's and this final shloka from this chapter, based on guna and karma. And it's not based so much on you know, status of, or, you know, status in terms of, you know, financial power or gender or anything. It's based on guna and karma. So if we stick to that, I don't think we should have so many problems. So I hope you meet your Norwegian friend again. You can speak more. Any other questions? Okay. So, Prabhu, I want to thank you very much uh, for letting me be here in New Dwarka. Such a beautiful temple. Everything's so tastefully done. And your stalwart uh, Ishwara's here. <laughs> thank you very much. And Kirtan, Wallas, and scholars, pundits, and such a nice variety of devotees here, you can see. So please accept my humble obeisances, one jagal patarubiyas cha karipas in the VA. Around that we're on the same chapter.